You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the weekend, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Mompos, Bolivar, five to six hours south from Cartagena along the Magdalena River in the sweltering lowlands of this part of the Magdalena area. Uh, and yes, this is episode 398 of the Columbia Calling podcast. Thank you to number of you who've written in, that listeners have written in from the UK, the US, Finland, Norway. And if I've left you out, I apologize immensely. And thank you to all of those who've signed up to our Patreon campaign, www.patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling, where for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe and support not only the Columbia Calling podcast, but the newscast provided expertly by journalist Emily Hart in Medellin. So we're ever thankful for her for that. Uh, this episode is the Columbia Activist episode, and we've got two very, very high-profile names uh, in segment three. You will, if you know anything about Colombia or if you've been following what's going on in Colombia, you'll know of this activist Beto Corral, uh, currently in exile in the United States, outspoken and courageous and uh, of Isabel Cristina Zuleta, who is currently in New York campaigning because uh, she had to go up there, but there was an attack on her home not so long ago. She campaigns for the defense of rivers and the environment and human rights, and uh, she was named by Amnesty International as an important person in this field. So we will be talking to them both through the help, with the help of a translator, Giovanni. Of course, thank you to MCI in South Carolina and Elizabeth Castaneda in New York for helping making this happen, putting these things together. So we will be talking um, with these activists uh, as they do their campaigns. We've managed to get a few spare minutes between their campaigns and their, uh, and their meetings whilst they're in the United States. So a, quite a big episode for you today to hear about why these people are campaigning, for what are they campaigning, and so much more. So right now, we'll be leave you with Emily Hart and the newscast, and then and we'll be back with Isabel Cristina Zuleta and Beto Corral talking about their campaigns and, of course, why they became and how they became activists for Colombia. Thank you again. Don't go away. I'm Emily Hart, and these are your top Colombia stories for the week of October 18th, 2021. With campaigning for the 2022 elections not even officially underway, alarming reports are emerging relating to political violence. Between March and August, there was a victim of electoral violence every four days in Colombia, according to the Peace and Reconciliation Foundation. In more than 70% of these cases, no perpetrators have been found. Meanwhile, Colombia saw the 76th massacre of 2021 this Sunday in Betania, Antioquia. These figures are the highest since 2011 and spurred Human Rights Watch to urge the government to implement the 2016 peace deal. Also this week, the murder of former FARC combatant Jorge Eliezer Manrique in Caquetá brings the 
total of former FARC combatants killed since the peace agreements to 290. 41 have been murdered this year. And a 12-year-old and an 18-year-old were executed in Tibur, Norte de Santander, for having been found stealing. They were gagged with duct tape, and according to a video circulated on social media, they were to be handed over to the police, but were killed by armed men, later appearing dead with signs reading thieves. An investigation has been launched. Corruption in Colombia increased 68% last year, according to the Anti-Corruption Institute, who report that alleged cases of corruption committed by elected officials went from 432 cases in 2019 to 727 in 2020. The most common crimes were violence against public servants, bribery and embezzlement. Impunity is the norm for these crimes. Between 2014 and 2020, 7,500 criminal proceedings for crimes against democratic participation and against public administration were archived on the technicality of impossibility of establishing a particular victim. This week, however, a breakthrough in the prosecution of 13 former officials of multinational banana company Chiquita Brands for the financing of paramilitary groups between 1997 and 2004. A request for the annulment of the case was rejected and the trial now continues. This case has been open for more than 10 years, with the group indicted in 2018 after the company were convicted for the same crime in a US jurisdiction. The case against Chiquita is also moving in the Transitional Justice Court, the HEP, where the group has been mentioned in an open case on conflict in the region of Urabá. In addition, when former AUC paramilitary commander Salvatore Mancuso asked for a trial in the HEP, he promised to share information on the financing of paramilitaries. He mentioned several companies, among them Chiquita Brands. Chiquita used to be called the United Fruit Company, responsible for the massacre of striking workers in 1928, an event novelised by Gabriel García Márquez in 100 Years of Solitude. The group, named Chiquita since the 1990s, continues to export bananas globally. It's now the world's biggest provider. Meanwhile, a case about the links between paramilitaries and former President Álvaro Uribe, judges have ordered the pre-trial release of Diego Cadena, Uribe's former lawyer. Shortly afterwards, Senator Ivan Cepeda announced he would appeal the decision. In 2020, the prosecutor's office charged Cadena for allegedly promising two prisoners money and aid in exchange for altering their testimonies, which linked Uribe and his brother to paramilitarism in the Department of Antioquia. Colombia's 2021 deficit may be lower than previously projected thanks to the recovery of oil prices and economic growth, according to Finance Minister José Manuel Restrepo. He did not, however, provide a new estimate. The government had predicted a fiscal deficit of 8.6% of GDP and economic growth of 6% for this year. The IMF raised its forecast to 7.6% for 2022, the third highest growth in South America after Peru and Chile, and the highest so far in the 21st century for Colombia. This recovery path is not shared by all countries in the region. Mexico and Brazil were downgraded. On Thursday, the government issued $1 billion in bonds in the international market, an issue which was more than four times oversubscribed. There are concerns, however, that this growth comes without employment or production, leaving the most vulnerable still suffering from the economic effects of the pandemic. Hours after Cape Verde's authorities extradited Alex Saab to the US, 
the Venezuelan government suspended talks with the opposition being held in Mexico in protest of what they called a brutal aggression against Saab. Saab is a Colombian businessman known as a moneyman and fixer for the Maduro regime. Saab received Venezuelan nationality and a diplomatic title while he was imprisoned in the African country. He was indicted in July 2019 in Miami on eight counts of money laundering of over 350 million US dollars. He was arrested in June 2020 during a plane stopover in Cape Verde. Saab and his partner allegedly transferred money out of Venezuela to accounts they controlled in the United States and other countries. They now face 20 years in prison in the USA, while Saab also has numerous allegations against him in Colombia relating to corruption and other financial crimes. Coronavirus case numbers remain low in Colombia, at well below 1,500 new cases daily on average. More than 55% of the country has had one dose of vaccine and nearly 40% are now fully vaccinated. The fourth peak of the pandemic will be in November, according to the Ministry of Health, who had previously announced it for late October. To combat it, they are asking people to get vaccinated and for those over 70 to get a third dose. The Ministry also announced plans to eliminate malaria in the next decade, signing an agreement with Panama to consolidate their strategy to eliminate the disease in the Americas, where Colombia accounts for 10% of reported malaria cases. Those were your top stories for the week. I'll be back next Monday. And we're back. This is episode 398 of the Columbia Calling podcast. I'm here in Mompos, Bolivar, and my very special guests are up in the United States at the moment. Uh, this is the Activists for Columbia episode, and we're talking to some incredibly important and, well, fearless activists for Colombia. We'll be talking first to Isabel Cristina Suleta, and then to Beto Corral. Thank you, of course, to MCI in South Carolina and Elizabeth Castagne for setting this up and of course Giovanni for doing the translations because of course we'll be jumping back and forth between issues and so on and so forth and for our activists it's easier for them and obviously more accurate for them to speak in Spanish so thank you to everyone that made this possible so we can hear what's going on on the ground from these people actually at the moment uh, Beto Corral is in exile in the United States and Isabel Cristina Zuleta made the journey up to the US, uh, you know, to campaign on behalf of rivers and environmental protection and so on. And she left just after an attack on her home. Uh, so, of course, these guys live a precarious existence. I know that you'll appreciate listening to their point of view. So thank you again. And keep on listening to this, this amazing episode of some very brave people. Okay, thank you so very much. Uh, in this episode, we have uh, Giovanni Verano. He is an activist. He has been working as a volunteer in Bernie Sanders' campaign and our progressive efforts. Uh, my name is Lilian Calvache. I am also an activist. I defend human rights everywhere in the world. So I work with different groups in uh, USA, Canada, London, in Europe. So here we're going to start uh, with the episode in which uh, Isabel Cristina, Zuleta, and Beto Corral are going to tell us about their mission, about what they are doing 
for all of us there in the United States in the moment. So I'm here with you, uh, Elizabeth Castanea. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Castaneda. I, I live in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, my activism is to promote the full implementation of the peace accords in Colombia and the, to amplify those peace, uh, those peace accords to every other group that is in arms in Colombia. Um, we also want to denounce the police brutality and all the transgressions of the, uh, not just the criminal groups, but even the state of Colombia. And uh, that's what we are going uh, to different um, residents, uh, communities that, that live here in New York uh, and in New Jersey, even Florida, you know, Carolina, South Carolina, Minnesota, telling them how important it is this for our um, friends and families in Colombia uh, because they're confronting a very difficult situation. So sometimes when you go out of Colombia and live in countries like the United States, you can very much forget how it works and how terrible is the situation there. So that's our, our part of our mission here is to remind them how important it is that we all decide to change the country. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you for the work that you do for Colombia and for the world. So now, let me introduce to Isabel Cristina Zuleta. For those of us in Colombia, Isabel Cristina Zuleta needs no introduction whatsoever. She's originally from Ituango, uh, and we'll, you'll remember this from last week's podcast with Alexander Diamond, where we discussed the town of Briseño and across the river Ituango, of course the site to quite a controversial, huge hydroelectric power dam project, which has come with it all of the ills and the violence and the corruption and everything else that you can imagine with Colombia. And it's sitting there on the Cauca River, of course, one of the key rivers in Colombia. And Isabel uh, Cristina Zuleta was displaced from her home aged 14. And of course, this made her and this promoted or provoked her into becoming an activist for rivers and environmental defense, as well as human rights activism. So we're going to hear her story now as she's on the line to us from New York. Over to you, Isabel. Bueno, un saludo muy especial. Eh, el cañón del río Cauca, de donde vengo, es un cañón del bosque seco tropical. Eh, lo primero que me gusta resaltar de este proceso es que el activismo me ha permitido reconocer mi territorio más allá del proceso de colonización, de la división político-administrativa, reconocer cuál es realmente mi territorio, la biodiversidad, no solo de especies naturales, sino de la especie humana, con nuestras formas de vida diferenciadas en tantas partes del mundo y una forma de vida particular que es la relacionada con el barequeo como eh, un arte ancestral y artesanal, de eh, esperar a que el oro fluya del río. So, this area in Antioquia, um, where the river, uh, it's been her foundation. Uh, from there, she has been fighting uh, for all these uh, causes that, are, are con that have concern with her community. Uh, she's been involved in, in many projects where she wants to connect uh, nature with with the needs of people and the community. 
So these uh, goes with the, with the species like animals and also uh, humans' rights. So she's she she she's been working in all these aspects and trying to connect to bring awareness uh, to all the, the 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 issues that these communities face. And um, she's been an advocate uh, for 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 all this from. Uh, an early age since she was a uh, very young well that was a bit of background about you isabel cristina uh but let's get into a bit more of the depth here tell us about itro ituango tell us about what's been going on who are the actors in the area what is happening with the dam and and what can we expect because this is a complex issue that seems to be in the press all the time, but nothing is going on. And we just hear about names. Everybody's named, but nothing seems to come to a head. There seems to be no justice. Bueno, está la construcción del megaproyecto hidroeléctrico Hidroituango, que es la represa más grande que se construye en Colombia. Okay, so in Hidroituango, uh, there is the, the this mega project that is the the, 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 the main issue in, in the region in the region that uh, will affect the it, it's been affecting the community so that's the main concern this um, uh, mega project that that wants to 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 use water as a as a source of energy in a way that is affecting the environment and the community Está ocurriendo primero que se desvirtúa la afectación, se reduce la afectación. Son 29 municipios afectados, 27 municipios afectados, 79 kilómetros del río inundados con un muro de 225 metros de altura del segundo río más importante de Colombia, afecta Es una hidroeléctrica que afecta cuatro departamentos, no solo eh, de donde yo vengo, del departamento de Antioquia, sino que afecta toda la zona de La Mojana. Y al afectar la zona de La Mojana, Córdoba, Bolívar, Sucre, también afecta eh, la conexión con el río Magdalena y con el mar. So this mega project affects a 25, 25 uh, municipalities. Uh, it's, it, it covers a great areas. Uh, this is a hydro, hydroelectric uh, project um, with a 225 meters high. Uh, so it's it's like a, a, a monstrosity that it's been uh, put in, in place in this uh, region, uh, including uh, some uh, regions in Córdoba, uh, Sucre, and Bolívar. And Bolívar. Tiene a 300.000 personas en riesgo. Hoy se desconoce si la obra es estable o no, si es viable, si el macizo rocoso que son las montañas que rodean el muro eh, van a colapsar o no. Por eso estamos en riesgo toda la comunidad y a pesar de que tenemos medidas cautelares de la Corte, tenemos eh, varias decisiones judiciales, en la empresa, Empresas Públicas de Medellín, El gobierno nacional y departamental se niegan a cumplir las órdenes judiciales en favor de la población y de los ecosistemas. So this project is very unstable. Uh, it, they have many concerns, including 
the 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 rocky base that holds this this project is not it, it, it might not be as solid as as it appears and this can cause uh, 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 this this movement of of of, of all these rocks uh, that will affect the, the, the community. Um, this uh, has been taken to court, uh, but uh, nothing serious, no, not action has been has been done. So it's, it's still there. Uh, in, Medi in Medellin, uh, the, 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 the companies are still not being uh, accountable. So the process is in court, but nothing has been done uh, addressing the issue. Entonces, lo que tenemos, la situación que estamos sufriendo en este momento es de angustia permanente. No hay pescado, no hay comida y eh, nos han inundado los muertos. Nosotros denunciamos como en el cañón y en la zona afectada por Ibrituango hay más de 2.000 desaparecidos, más de 2.000 personas desaparecidas. Hemos denunciado 110 masacres en todo este territorio y no nos han dado respuesta por ello. Eh, denunciamos que si inundaban la represa íbamos a perder las posibilidades de encontrar a los desaparecidos. Nos han dicho eh, que estamos locos, que debajo no hay muertos, pero somos nosotros mismos los integrantes del movimiento, los que rescataban los muertos que bajaban por el río y los enterraban en la ribera. Por eso somos testigos directos de lo que ha sucedido. So in this region, um, the, the the fishing the fishing industry has been affected uh, because there's no there's no there's no fish there's no food. Uh, there has been uh, there have been 200 uh, there have been 2,000 people missing, um, 110 massacres. Uh, it, the the all these all these uh, killings are not uh, are, are are not being um they, they, they are not these 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 killings are not recognized by, by the by the by the uh, authority when these activists have been in the rivers taking the bodies of, of all these uh, people who have been killed and uh, they have the proof they have the proof because they have been there uh, 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 witnessing the, the bodies witnessing uh, the, 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 the death that this project has been, uh, has been causing, and also the, the, the floating. The floating because uh, it's unstable and the water has also uh, flowed, there's been some floating. Uh, uh, the concern is about the rescue and, and, and how they're gonna uh, make the, 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 the report um, official. So the reports are not official of the dead people, even though they have been taking a body from the El mayor número de masacres han sido cometidos por grupos paramilitares. Después de los grupos paramilitares también ha habido masacres de las guerrillas en el territorio. Hay fuerte influencia de grupos paramilitares, de varios frentes guerrilleros del ejército que también ha cometido masacres y la policía también ha cometido masacres. Todos los actores armados legales y e ilegales han matado a la población, han violado los derechos de la población. El megaproyecto eh, también llega a la zona bajo esta estela de dolor, de sufrimiento y 
eh, lo que nosotros estamos exigiendo es que no se pueden aprovechar de la vulnerabilidad de un pueblo que está buscando a sus seres queridos, que necesita la verdad sobre las masacres. No sabemos quién desaparece a la población. No hay, hay absoluta impunidad sobre el tema de desaparición forzada. El 100% de los casos de desaparición forzada están en la impunidad. Entonces, eh, no sabemos eh, realmente quién, pero sí sabemos lo que produce. La desaparición forzada imposibilita la resistencia, imposibilita el disenso, la oposición a un gobierno. Y lo que estamos diciendo es que si no se encuentran los cadáveres, no le permiten hablar de decirle al país porque es la posibilidad de saber la verdad. Nos dicen que no tenemos pruebas para relacionar el megaproyecto con las masacres, con los desaparecidos, con el desplazamiento forzado. Lo que nosotros planteamos es que se beneficia de las masacres, que se beneficia de las víctimas y que todos los dineros que recibe el proyecto, que son dineros de Estados Unidos a través del Banco Interamericano de Desarrollo con préstamos multimillonarios, están sirviendo para destruir el ecosistema, para dejar sin comida a la población, para ponernos en riesgo y para convenios militares. Ese dinero sirve para tener convenios con la fuerza pública, la empresa para hacer eh, obras relacionadas con lo militar y eh, lo que le estamos diciendo a los demás países del mundo es no le entreguen dinero a un narcoestado, a un estado corrupto como es el colombiano porque promueven la guerra, promueven la desolación y esto no puede llamarse desarrollo. Ok, so there, there are many groups involved in this, uh, all, these, all, all these killings, all these uh, disappearances. So the, 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 the main ones are the paramilitary groups, uh, the guerrillas, uh, also even the military and the police have been involved. So we have a combination of legal and, and illegal um, armed forces uh, killing, the, 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 the activists killing all, uh, killing people in these communities. So um, the, one of the questions that is not, uh, is not being resolved is who, is who is doing the kidnapping? Because there have been some kidnapping. Uh, there have been um, uh, many people who go missing, but uh, we don't know who, is, who exactly of all these groups are taking them, but we know that they are doing it Uh, for a reason. So they don't know who, but they, they know uh, why. And the reason is to, to weaken, to, to, to silence the opposition, to silence all these people who have been very spoken about all, all, all the negative effects that these mega projects uh, have. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that, are, that these groups are asking are um, for the international community to create uh, pressure uh, with countries like USA who have been funding, uh, who have been providing uh, military aid, who have been uh, facilitating uh, all these um, deals uh, for weapons, for, for financing of, of, of police, of the military, uh, and uh, to, stop, to stop doing this because uh, it's, killing, uh, it's, killing, it's killing people, It's affecting communities, and there's this conception where the state is is no longer 
uh, working for the people, but it's a narco state. So it's a state where um, all these communities are being uh, um, killed and, and with the help and the aid of, of these resources that, that come from USA and, and other countries, uh, it's, it's, it's going to continue. So the ask is for stop this and stop promoting because that's what they're doing when they finance these, these groups. It's promoting that these, uh, these killings uh, continue. Yo hago referencia a narcoestado porque una de las principales economías del país es el narcotráfico. Nosotros en el territorio, además del megaproyecto hidroeléctrico Hidroituango, pues tenemos rutas de narcotráfico muy consolidadas que se conectan, que conectan el centro del país, el Caribe colombiano, con la frontera con Panamá. También eso es mi territorio. Pero así como sale eh, mucha cocaína, también entran muchas armas. Entonces es una ruta permanente que el Estado mira para otro lado, que todo el mundo sabe dónde está, sabe lo que sucede, pero que mira para, para otro lado. Pero también hago referencia al Estado corporativo y es el Estado al servicio de las corporaciones, al servicio de las empresas. Es decir, para nosotros no existe Estado colombiano en el sentido de la obligación de proteger a sus gentes porque nos han dejado solos, nos han dejado solos con la muerte, con el genocidio, con el acabar con una población que no por nuestras posturas políticas, sino por haber nacido en una zona estratégica para ese corredor de armas y de coca, pero estratégica para la generación de energía rica en biodiversidad, en fauna, en flora y en agua. A eso me refiero con Narcostar. ¿Quién me desplazó? Desplazó a mi familia y a millones de personas, 8 millones de personas en Colombia, hemos sido víctimas del conflicto armado. En mi territorio ha habido más víctimas del conflicto armado que comunidad. Y eso es porque muchas personas tenemos múltiples hechos victimizantes. Una sola familia ha sido desplazada en 12 veces de diferentes partes. Una sola familia tiene en su seno a un ser querido asesinado, a uno desaparecido, a uno mutilado por una mina antipersonal o a uno con alguna afectación relacionada con la violencia sociopolítica, que es el principal flagelo que vivimos en Colombia. No es el conflicto armado, es la violencia sociopolítica, un Estado criminal que arrasa con su población. So, um, this conception of a narco state, uh, it's, it goes, um, it starts with the drug dealings that are being done Um, you've seen all these, all these uh, routes that are established, all this, uh, uh, all this uh, connectivity. There's, there's a connectivity between uh, different areas, and these uh, drugs are being transported using, using, using these roads. Uh, so there's some acknowledgement in there because nothing has been done to stop this, um, this movement from one place to another. This movement uh, have been noticed to be that uh, the drugs go out and arms come in. So it's this constant movement uh, with drugs and, and weapons that uh, it's, uh, cause, it's causing um, uh, more issues. Um, also, in addition to this, there is this, there is this, um, uh, there is this way in which the state 
is functioning, that is, uh, it's working on behalf of big corporations. Uh, it's abandoning people and it's not working for the needs of the communities, uh, for, the, for the needs of, of the people who live in, in all these areas, but, all, but only uh, taking advantage of um, uh, things like, like, like the, uh, the, the, the production of energy like in the in the case of this uh, mega project, uh, but it's uh, but all the all the the national the, the all the nature all the all the water it's been uh, it's been uh, forgotten it's not it's not it's not being treated in a responsible way. Uh, when when uh, Isabella was uh, displaced, uh, she 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 blames all this lack of uh, control all these. Uh, lack of authority and, the, and priorities, so it's the very same state who ha who is responsible uh, for for her displacement, and uh, it's not only uh, uh, some cases. We're talking about uh, in the country eight million people who have been displaced from their homes, and then and now they have to find a new place to live in. And the worst part is that this doesn't happen just once to a family. One family can experience even uh, 12, 12 times the, the, this, this same issue. So 12 times going from one place to another, starting all over again. And uh, well, we know all the, all the consequences of that. One family can experience also the, the disappearance of one of their members, the killing of another, uh, the mutilation, because there are these mines that are being uh, used for, for some of these groups uh, to, 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 to uh, uh, hold uh, certain areas and, and keep people out. So all this, all this, all this uh, conflict, everything comes, uh, everything uh, points to the, to the government, to the state and the lack of action. Creo que sí hay una posibilidad en las nuevas elecciones. Eh, creo que hay una oportunidad porque eh, estamos al límite de las posibilidades de sobrevivencia en Colombia. Eh, los ejércitos armados han crecido en el último periodo presidencial. Ha vuelto las masacres. Hoy hay más de 70 masacres en el país muchas de ellas en mi departamento en Antioquia, la mayoría en el departamento del Cauca, y estamos en una situación aterradora. Creo que eso ha provocado un estallido social, una revuelta popular sin precedentes en la historia del país, porque siempre habíamos estado resistiendo en los territorios rurales, pero nunca en el campo urbano, nunca en las ciudades de la manera tan masiva como se ha dado últimamente. Eso quiere decir que el pueblo colombiano sabe que necesita cambiar, sabe que necesitamos un Estado que nos proteja, eh, que cuide nuestra vida como prioridad y la vida del medio que nos rodea. Los jóvenes están hartos, no hay posibilidades. Los índices de suicidio en jóvenes en Colombia son altísimos, no solo los matan, sino que no eh, hay posibilidades de vivir, de proyectarse, de tener un futuro. Por eso tantos jóvenes se están suicidando. La mayor parte de nuestros ecosistemas están destruidos, están contaminados. Tenemos una crisis enorme con eh, los páramos en Colombia. Se están derritiendo, queda muy poco. 
en relación a lo que teníamos antes, entonces tenemos también una crisis ambiental enorme, las aguas de Colombia están contaminadas, la tasa de deforestación es altísima, cientos de miles de hectáreas todos los días se pierden y, eh, y eso nos hace pensar que es necesario cambiar. No es una opción no intentarlo, esto también nos genera temor, sabemos que son muchos los muertos solo por decir que hay que cambiar, porque tenemos un, eh, un establecimiento eh, corrupto que no le conviene el cambio y que utiliza las armas y que utiliza la violencia para mantenernos en la misma condición de empobrecimiento, en la misma situación que hoy tiene el país. Ok, uh, there is hope, there is hope in these elections, uh, there is hope because there is this uh, public opinion that things are not going well, that things are not working in the, the way they should. Uh, and there is this limit where people are not, uh, are not willing to take more of the same. So people are demanding change. People are working to get that change done. People are being more active, being more involved. Uh, but at the same time, we have the response of the government, the response of these groups who are trying to, to, to silence that, that uh, discontent. And we can see that with the massacres uh, and, and the numbers are very, very, very concerning, like uh, 70 massacres uh, who were, that were experienced in, in Antioquia, uh, also in Cauca, like these, these regions are very, very dangerous for people who speak up, for people who try to, 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 to bring change. Um, one, of the, one of the things that made this, uh, this, this time uh, a little different from before is that now all the violence and all these experiences that were, that took place in rural areas, now they're coming to the cities, now they're coming to the urban. And, and now people who are, not, who are not used to experience this are seeing it, are, are having it uh, in their communities as well. So now they're real, realizing that this has been taking place for a while, but it had been affecting other areas, other regions, uh, the, the, the rural people. So this, this made uh, more, um, this created more awareness And now people are uniting, people are uh, fighting back. Um, but this have, been, uh, this have uh, some tolls also in young people. Uh, young people uh, are experienced uh, high rates of suicide uh, because of the stress and all the, all, all the problematics that, that, that these issues bring. Um, and in this, there's a, there's a connection between uh, social, social problems, economic problems, environmental problems, uh, problems like uh, deforestation and the damage of ecosystems, uh, the, 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 the killing of species. Uh, so life is, is, is being, life is being threatened uh, in, in, in all different aspects, uh, human, human life and also nature. Uh, uh, one thing that people uh, have been very clear about is that there is change, there is no other way, uh, things are not working, things have not been working, so change is necessary, 
no matter what. So they are willing to do everything, even though uh, they are uh, having this response, violent response against them. And not only uh, talking about killings and disappearance, but also economic violence, uh, poverty, and how these... Uh, also affects the community. Muchas gracias, Cristina, Giovanni, Enrico, Elizabeth, Richard. Gracias. Eh, gracias, Cristina. Eh, vamos en este momento a introducir a Beto Pura. Thank you for being here with Thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my name is uh, Beto Coral. I am activist and human rights defender. I was born in Medellín. I have lived in the United States for uh, six years ago. I am excited for in investigating my dad's murder. I, wa I work um, from here uh, for the peace and for the expose the systematic violation of the human rights in my country. Uh, apologize, but my English is very bad. I think I will uh, help with the answers. <laughs> you, please. <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, we understand you. So let me tell a little bit more about you. So we know that Beto Corral is a Colombian political activist in the exile in the United States. So Corral campaigns on behalf of victims of the armed conflict in Colombia and publishes funding and interviews on his popular YouTube channel. Uh, he himself has experienced the conflict personally as his father a policeman was murdered by Pablo Escobar's men when he was just eight years old. So we would like you to tell us a little bit more, more about it, but... Uh, yes, uh, my father was uh, assassinated uh, four months after having participated in the final operation where Pablo Escobar uh, died. Uh, he was uh, one of the commanders the this operation. Um, I am I am investigating and discovering that um, I I was the investigate the same police who uh, killed him for for the allegation of corruption of, of sorry of corruption uh, that he made inside uh, the institution. Um, I repeat I, I work I work from here for the peace and and um, for the not and to not, not allow uh, and the children uh, to live the uh, what i am experienced in colombia uh, it's the more important for me no no not allow uh, other children live uh, die me my experience thank you better for my um listeners who don't know entirely in depth about what's going on you have to think about the corrupt or the mafia families that are crime families but then they of course get wholly involved in politics and this is uh, in in no small measure something that we can attribute to the Aguilar family in Santander uh, Aguilar Hugo Aguilar was also in the uh, let's say the 
the death squad unit uh, who were trained and uh, allegedly killed or killed Pablo Escobar. We never quite know what to expect or what to um, what to believe when it comes out of Hugo Hugo Aguilar's uh, out of his mouth. But uh, you know, you can read all sorts of things about him as being the guy who has who has the gun that fired the fatal shot that killed Pablo Escobar on the roof of that edificio, which has since been destroyed. Uh, uh, in Edificio Monaco, I believe, in uh, Medellin. So uh, Hugo Aguilar, his sons were in the Senate, the congressman, he was involved in setting up the Chicamocha Park. He's supposedly under house arrest right now, but is seen driving around in his Porsche. So, I mean, you know, it's one of these people, the, the, the total impunity that goes on around this situation. And so, therefore, if... Uh, Beto's father was tragically and assassinated, murdered by another person in this team, then there is an involvement with the Aguilar clan. So it just goes to show you how far these these uh, nexus, these uh, connections between the corrupt families and the political families go. So I'm going to ask Beto to talk a little bit more about the Aguilar connection. Uh, perfect, yeah. Uh, about the Hugo Aguilar, uh, I discovered Hugo Aguilar and others commanders um, killed kill my father. I am sure about it. Um, but my my fight is for the truth, for the peace, not for the uh, for the vendettas or for the no. For me, it, the the most important is that the truth. And the uh, justice for other case is not only my father. For this reason, I am activist. But Hugo Aguilar is the perfect example. Uh, the criminals become in politicals in Colombia. When Hugo Aguilar uh, discovered the uh, the caletas or the uh, I don't know what who do you say uh, uh, Gio, please. Uh, who do you say the caletas in English? Yeah, uh, for this money, for this money, uh, the political boy uh, big uh, territories or big uh, lands for uh, for you uh, and I say in Spanish, para uh, digamos incrementar su patrimonio y, y digamos convertirse en los grandes terratenientes en, en sus territorios y así hacer política. Creo que un poco cumplir el sueño de Pablo Escobar. Entonces, ahí, sorry, ahí es cuando mi lucha por el homicidio de mi papá se une con la política, combatir a estos corruptos que se hicieron ricos eh, con la mafia, con el dinero del narcotráfico y que eh, van a hacer política. Entonces, ahí se unen, me, se unen esas dos luchas. Giovanni, si me puedes hacer el favor. Everything that happened with uh, Beto in his personal experience with the assassination of his father, uh, he, he starts to see that this is going on in, 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 in more places, that more people are suffering uh, these, 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 uh, these, uh, these killings. So he starts to incorporate that into his personal fight, and now it's no longer a personal fight but something that he wants to help change uh, throughout the, con the country and the territories. 
Beto, is it, is it this time now, I'm going to have to ask you about Alvaro Uribe, the former president, former senator, uh, perhaps one of the most important, if not the most important voice in politics, Colombian politics, so very divisive, of course, uh, you know, the court cases ongoing, delayed, ongoing, delayed. And every time that Alvaro Uribe speaks, he therefore completely uh I mean, compels the news media, and, and that's, his, that's his game. I mean, as soon as he says something, everything moves over and all attentions are on him, and that's part of what he wins each time. But, I mean, there are people out there who will have you believe that Alvaro Uribe is the be-all and end-all of all problems in Colombia and, of course, is the, you know, the, the voice of all ills and evil here. Perhaps you could give us a bit more background on this. Yes. Okay. Um, for Alvaro Uribe is uh, no is the principal problem for my country. Alvaro Uribe um, is uh, part of the big problem in Colombia. I think it's the system. Uh, the, the the dream of Pablo Escobar is uh, can have the the, the power, uh, the political power with the the mafia. And I think Albert Uribe become a reality this dream uh, of Pablo Escobar. Um, I want uh, I want uh, Albert Uribe out the power for permit in Colombia the, the progress, uh, but, but the progress is 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 not depend the the Albert Uribe out. Uh, it's depend the other things. For example. Uh, the, the, the transformation of Congress in Colombia, because the structural the structural change, it's depend the Congress, uh, especially in the in the um, in the world in Colombia, their little uh, the, in Colombia the their little representation and participation of Colombian abroad, Colombia who left uh, the country for many reasons, political violence, uh, unemployment. Look, uh, uh, look of opportunities, social injustice, and I think it's very important to work for that for the Colombian abroad. So you heard it there that Beto Corral wants to be the representative, the voice of Colombians overseas, Colombians, uh, you know, immigrant to other countries, the diaspora, if uh, better said. We're going to take a short break from Beto. Um, of course, we'll be back with him to f- talk further about the issues in Colombia and how they see it or how he sees it from his uh, position in exile in the United States and move over to Cristina Isabel Zuleta again and hear some more of her interventions now on what she feels Let's talk about the elections. Let's talk about what's going on. What can we expect? Because, of course, she's going to run for political office in these next elections in 2022. Bueno, para ejercer mayor control sobre este estado criminal, este estado genocida. Uh, perdón. Estamos en la tarea. Bueno, les decía que habíamos llegado al pacto histórico porque eh, la asamblea de la cual yo hago parte del movimiento 
eh, me mandató para hacer todo lo posible para parar la masacre, para contribuir en lo que no sea posible desde nuestra experiencia organizativa. Creemos que la masacre en Colombia para cuando la sociedad civil esté organizada, no solo para el voto, sino esté organizada para hacer control de la institucionalidad criminal al servicio de la criminalidad y eh, que logre parar el Estado genocida, que recuperemos el Estado para el bienestar colectivo y no para el bienestar de los grupos empresariales. Eh, tenemos la tarea de la defensa ambiental. En este momento estamos en un recorrido por Estados Unidos, pero también hicimos un recorrido por todo el país tratando de fortalecer con nuestra experiencia las luchas populares. Estamos en la tarea de la construcción colectiva de un mandato popular por el agua, preocupados por lo que está sucediendo con el río Magdalena, con el río Cauca, con Mompós, muy preocupados con lo que sucede con las ciénagas en el Caribe colombiano, lo que está pasando con las islas, lo que está pasando con los humedales, eh, muy preocupados por todos los ecosistemas acuáticos, pero también por los ecosistemas terrestres, por la biodiversidad, por el tráfico de fauna y flora. Eh, sabemos que nos están quitando la comida y tenemos la tarea y la responsabilidad que hemos asumido en el pacto histórico, no solo de recorrer el país, ampliar nuestra mirada mucho más allá de la lucha concreta que hemos llevado, eh, sino que llevarla a la, arena, a la arena política. Hemos recibido mucho rechazo de esta candidatura, mucha presión por parte del Partido Conservador, del Centro Democrático, del Partido Liberal, de los partidos tradicionales que están molestos con que los activistas estemos hoy eh, con la posibilidad de eh, buscar un escaño en la política electoral. Y eso nos dice que vamos por buen camino. Si se molestan quienes nos están masacrando y quienes han acabado con el país, quiere decir que este es el camino y esperamos eh, poder aportar. So Uh, this, the, the, this pacto histórico, which, which is the, the, the alliance that progressive forces are making, uh, people from different uh, uh, parties, from different movements, movements um, are coming together to create this, this, this uh, bigger group uh, to, to fight back, to bring real change. Um, her, her main focus is to stop the killings, to help stop the killings, to stop, to, to, to help um, that uh, activists are, the activists that are being killed are very, very important in this, in this uh, process of change. So now uh, more than ever, organization is key. So she's bringing uh, all this experience that she has with, with, uh, with her groups, with her community, because they have been organizing uh, for a while now, and it's been, it's been successful in a way uh, because they have brought uh, awareness of many important things that are happening in her, in her, in her region. Uh, so she has, as she has recognized this institutional criminality, and uh, when she brings awareness and more people start to speak up, uh, change is possible. Uh, she's she's been very uh, specific in saying that uh, it, this goes beyond uh, elect electoral politics. This goes beyond voting. That's that's really extremely important. But it's creating this awareness that people need to participate even more. And this participation 
goes back to the activism. That's why activists are so important. And that's why activists who are now participating in politics, who are running for Senate, for, um, for Congress, for, for all these positions uh, in power, uh, uh, it's causing the traditional politicians to be annoyed. So the, 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 the role of these activists is key. And now that they're, they're, they're coming to politics, that they're running for office, uh, it's creating a big impact. And they have felt the pressure. They feel how traditional politicians are being annoyed and they don't want them. They don't want, they don't want them to join because they know that uh, chances are that change is, is, is going to happen. Uh, so the, the, the ask is to empower activists uh, to 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 address all these issues, uh, also concerning uh, uh, her 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 fight for all these years, which is water. The importance of water. Water is life, and uh, big big uh, big uh, rivers like uh, Magdalena River or in Cauca and Mompox have been affected. So it's 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 something that uh, it's it's her fight, and now she's going to bring it to another level when she enters uh, uh, polit politics and uh, in, in, in a role like, like a Senate position, which holds a lot, a lot more power. Thank you very much, Joanny. Cristina. Beto, are you ready? Referente a las elecciones del 2022, eh, se proyectan varios cambios. Creo que fue pertinente haber finalizado las manifestaciones y llevarlas a las elecciones para que los violentos, los que, los que por años han masacrado el campo, no han permitido el progreso en mi país y han impuesto la injusticia social y su política de terror, eh, sepan que también en democracia los vamos a derrotar. Y eh, ellos al final estaban utilizando estas manifestaciones para eh, poner al pueblo en contra del propio pueblo, pero tenemos que ser también inteligentes en esta lucha. Y lo que va a venir es grande, pero también... Quiero que me entiendan, colombianos que están en el exterior, que el país lo vamos a cambiar estructuralmente desde el Congreso, no desde la presidencia. El presidente es importante porque depende de él las órdenes ejecutivas, pero es desde el Congreso de la República donde vamos a introducir los cambios estructurales y los cambios sistemáticos que necesitamos. Así que eh, yo, por lo pronto, alzo la mano para luchar por los colombianos que están afuera para que de verdad tengan una verdadera representación y una vera, verdadera participación y para que se, nos convertamos en la próxima retaguardia electoral que, y que nos personalicemos y que nos llenemos de empatía y altruismo para poder luchar por nuestro país. Muchas gracias, Beto. Beto is saying that all this energy, all this motivation that took people to the streets uh, needs to be transformed and uh, uh, or or, or uh, work as a strategy to take over both right so the streets the activism the protest but also politics also the electoral part so uh, because of the huge the, the, the huge involvement of the of the of the population uh, Colombians they went to the streets uh, in big big numbers now this energy is being transformed uh, into into the electoral electoral politics and 
people have uh, an objective, and it's that through democracy, they're going to bring this change. Uh, they want uh, to use uh, democracy. They want to use the the, the electoral the, the electoral system, uh, and it's very important to focus also in Congress because some people uh, think about the presidency as if it's going to solve all the problems, but they forget about Congress. So uh, these elections uh, uh, for Congress, for the Senate, for the House of Representatives is extremely important. And uh, Beto is encouraging people to really uh, take action, be very involved and understand that if people and society wants a real change, wants a structural change, uh, it, Congress has to be uh, a key role in there. And for that, we need to win uh, many races. Uh, Beto is running for uh, to represent uh, people who live uh, in, in, in other countries, Colombians who are outside of the country, people who have to leave because of many reasons and they didn't find the opportunities in there. Now they're outside of the country and Beto is looking to represent them, to be a voice for them. Muchas gracias, Richard. Muchas gracias, Lili. Muchas gracias a Beto. Eh, muchas gracias a Gio, a Elizabeth y a todas las personas que con su voz, que con esta posibilidad de conversar, nos están también ayudando a proteger. Sepan ustedes que el Estado colombiano es un tremendo simulador, que no tenemos democracia, que tenemos una dictadura sofisticada en Colombia, que la única manera de desenmascararla es con el apoyo de ustedes. Ustedes nos ayudan a cuidarnos, a protegernos. Yo hice este viaje eh, en este momento a Estados Unidos por un reciente ataque que tuve en mi casa. Eh, quieren destruir mi casa, quieren destruir la sede del movimiento, están muy incómodos con que nosotros queramos este cambio de país y, eh, y es importante este viaje para mí por el cariño de los colombianos y colombianas en el exterior, pero también porque sabemos que de aquí nos pueden proteger, de aquí eh, hay muchas posibilidades de que se detengan las órdenes de muerte en Colombia. So, uh, the, the, the call is to to, to show that what sometimes we perceive as a democracy, like in Colombia, some people think there's a democracy in place. It's more like a dictatorship because we're seeing like all these horrible things that are happening and the government is not doing anything to change that. So uh, what, that's one of the, be the big tasks and it's one of the things that have been accomplished because now the international community is aware that something is not, is not, is not right that there are there are killings there are disappearances there are people who whose uh, human rights basic human rights are being violated so uh, intervention is needed in the sense to bring this awareness to 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 things like what we're doing today uh, thank you very much richard uh, thank you very much lily and everyone who has been involved in being a voice in um, making all these issues known for the for the entire world the international uh, community and um she she she's she, uh, isa isabel she's she's uh reinforcing the idea that she's here to fight that she's not gonna stop and that richard don't worry she's gonna take care of her life she she very enjoys that she enjoys uh, living and she's gonna use this energy and this life to fight for change 
Well, let me take this moment to say thank you so much, Isabel Cristina Zuleta, of course, Beto Corral, Elizabeth Castaneda, Giovanni for translating, MSAE in South Carolina for getting this, uh, making this happen. It's a special episode to be able to hear from people, Colombians activists uh, talking and also campaigning on behalf of uh, the environment, other Colombians, human rights, environmental rights and beyond, things that need to be brought uh, out into the open and discussed and of course worked on. Uh, you will have of course noted that off air I was speaking to each of these activists and saying just please look after yourselves. You're, you're no use to anyone if you are yet another statistic of all of the killings that have taken place this year. If you want to see more about that, uh, just check out the Indepass website because uh, they keep... Uh, a quite macabre scorecard of how many social and community activists have been assassinated and murdered each year and in what location and well they don't say by whom but we know who pulls the trigger we need to find out who's at the top where are the orders coming from so of course Please, 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 Beto, Elizabeth, Cristina, Isabel, Isabel, Cristina, MSI, Giovanni, stay safe. Look after yourselves. This has been episode 398 of the Columbia Calling podcast. We're getting closer and closer to that 400 number. Uh, I am still working on getting the right person for episode 400, but I think I've uh, I think I've got the right person lined up, and so we'll be recording hopefully this week for episode 400. Of course, if you wish to support the Columbia Calling podcast and the newscast provided by journalist Emily Hart each Monday directly to your WhatsApp or Telegram account in a handy audio file, please, for as little as $2 a month, you could subscribe on our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling. And thank you to all of the new signups this week. We keep moving forwards and that's always positive. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Columbia-related information and conversations. I've been lining up further interviews for later on in the year as well. So it's all positive. It's all positive in that respect. Thank you again to my interviewees, uh, the guests on this show. Of course, check out our website, columbiacalling.com. Co. We're on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter. Thank you again, and bye-bye.